Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا. والحمدلله الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد. والحمدلله نحمده نستعينه نستغفره نستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له. وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله. صلوات الله وسلام عليه عباد الله قال الله تعالى في الكتاب المبين بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم وبعد The month of Ramadan may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to reap the most from it is a momentous occasion it is a time that is unlike any other time during the year something very special happens during this month the Prophet sallallahu he describes this month in many different narrations and he highlights the unique elements of what makes this time so different than the rest of the year. In a narration, the Prophet ﷺ says that when the month of Ramadan occurs or when it comes, he says, He says that three things happen that are absolutely out of the norm for everyday life. The first is that the doors of the heavens are held open. And this is something that we know as believers is like a, a major opportunity, something that gives hope and optimism to the heart of every person, right? One of the great fears that we have is that we arrive on the Day of Judgment and the doors of Jannah have already been closed. And it's something that we feel like maybe we wasted our time, we didn't do our efforts appropriately, we didn't have the right thought or intention, and we fear that Allah Ta'ala may enter everyone into paradise and we'll be too late. So the Prophet Sallallahu here, he tells us, that during the month of Ramadan, something remarkable happens. And that is that your fear and your anxiety about not being somebody who can be witnessing the doors of Jannah being open for you is completely removed. And the second thing he says, which is another fear that we have as believers, is that the doors of Jahannam will be open waiting for us. And the Prophet ﷺ says that in the month of Ramadan, this is not the case. They are locked up. They are chained. And the last, he says, Salam is that the shayateen are totally and completely chained, which we know that these creatures, these shayateen, they have an immense impact on our thoughts and our intentions and even our actions. And so the Prophet ﷺ here introduces this month of Ramadan by telling us that it is unlike any other month. It's like if a friend told you that this restaurant is unlike any other place you've eaten before. Instantly, without even knowing fully the exact details, you would be so intrigued and so wonder and have so much wonder about how you could benefit from such a month. The Prophet Muhammad also said in a hadith that alayka sawm, that it is a absolute necessity that you must fast. Why? He says, that there is nothing for a person like fasting. So there's something very unique the Prophet is introducing here. Something that's hidden, like a mystery of Ramadan. What is it about this month that gives us a unique opportunity 
and a unique change. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he quotes another hadith to add to this mystery where he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, when he mentions the believers and he mentions the reward of fasting, Allah specifically says, That during this month, the believers display something that is so unreal and is so abnormal for the everyday life. Number one is that they give up and they abandon all their food. They give up and they abandon all of their drink. And on top of that, they give up and they abandon all of their or the desires that contradict what the month of Ramadan stands for. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, min ajli, and this is the secret word. This is the operative phrase. When you're looking for the purpose or the reason that something is special, there's always something that will indicate to you the reason why. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this hadith, in this hadith Qudsi, is telling us why this month of Ramadan is so remarkable. And he says that the believers all gather together and they do something in a time that is unlike any other. But what makes that time truly miraculous is that the believers are able to live and exist for one month for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like that is the entire focus of the month. So then he says, Allah Ta'ala finishes the, the narration, the, the narration of Hadith Qudsi. He says, this fasting is clearly for me. And as a result of that, I will reward it accordingly. And this is like when somebody tells you, don't worry about it, I'll take care of you. Right? They don't describe their accommodations. They don't describe how they're going to take care of you. They tell you that the last thing you need to think about is how you're going to be taken care of. So we learn that in this month of Ramadan, fasting, giving up, depriving oneself is the introductory to this incredible opportunity to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is a caveat and there's a little bit of a turn. And that is that the Prophet ﷺ, he describes that the fasting and the prayer that we do can actually be something as much as it is built in to allow us to benefit it can be something that can actually have no benefit for us whatsoever. The Prophet ﷺ says in a narration, That there might be a person who fasts, and this person will gain absolutely nothing from their fast except for hunger. And then he says, That there might be a person who stands and prays, they pray all day, they pray Fajr, they pray Taraweeh prayer, and they don't gain anything from their prayer except being awake, except not sleeping, not resting. So we learn here that as much as fasting is important, there is something that is required to make this fasting really unlock the secret of this month. There is something that is necessary. And what we learn from the Prophet Muhammad is something that was mentioned last week in the khutbah. When the Prophet entered into Medina, he announced, he proclaimed four things, right? Afshu salam, arham, He mentioned four things to the people in his first public address in Medina. He said, spread peace. The, uh, Shaykh al-Nasr went over this last week. Spread peace. Feed people food. arham, Keep the family ties. But then he finished with one that always, it intrigues me. Pray in the night, and then additionally, while people are sleeping. So we learn here that the Prophet ﷺ is telling us about a certain kind of environment 
that when a person does a deed, it is absolutely without a doubt accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it gives that person a unique transformation, a unique experience. And what is that deed? What is that environment? It is the environment of privacy. When a deed is done in secret, and when it is hidden from the eyes and the ears and the minds of people, that deed unlocks something within the heart of the believer that if it were done publicly, would not have that same effect. And this is why Ramadan is so fascinating. This is why it's so incredible. Because Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has constructed and built and strategized this month for every believing person to force us to have an experience of what sincerity feels like. Think about it. Everyone in this room right now is under the assumption that everyone else in this room is fasting. There could be some people with exceptions, concessions, medical, whatnot, travel. There, it's possible. But everybody here is under the assumption that everybody else is fasting. Why? Because this is something that we know to be the case that we are following as well. We know that even though we don't have to announce it, even though we don't have to say it, we all know that we are in the month of Ramadan and we are Muslims. So we are acting on this deed completely and totally in secret without talking about it, without discussing it, without engaging in it. And it's something that nobody broadcasts. It's completely and totally for the sake of Allah. It's not like when a person donates a large amount of money or prays all night or finishes reading the Quran or whatnot and they go and they tell somebody about it. They spoil the sincerity of their deed by informing others. The deed of fasting is so particular in that it allows a person to feel what it feels like to hide their good deeds. And this is something that if you think about the other 11 months of the year, we really don't have an opportunity where this is forced upon us. You know, the Prophet ﷺ tells us in a narration, one that is very overwhelming and very intimidating, but it tells us the importance of being able to hide your good deeds. He says, ﷺ, that on the Day of Judgment, a person will come and they will have a massive amount of good deeds before them, and they'll become excited, over, overjoyed. And then at a moment's notice, all the deeds will disappear. And they'll become frightened and overwhelmed. And they'll ask, what happened to all my good deeds? And they'll be told by Allah, by the angels, by the court, that these deeds disappeared because you did things in private and you did something completely different in public. Or you did things in private and you announced these deeds in public. You didn't hide these things. You didn't keep them between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just like every good relationship, when you have close family members, close friends, best friends, there are secrets between you that you do not divulge to anybody else. There are things that you share, moments or phrases or whatnot, inside jokes even, that no one else knows about. Things that when you look at each other, you remember and you recall just the two of you. And so this is the status that Ramadan allows us to develop with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about the moments during suhoor, when you're waking up very late. If you're like me, you give yourself 90 seconds. And you rush to the kitchen, and you already know that you missed suhoor. You missed the, uh, the adhan for fajr had already come. In that moment, in your house, nobody's awake, nobody's there. Maybe you live by yourself. Maybe your roommates or your family is still sleeping, or they went to bed or whatnot, or they're upstairs. You could easily grab a glass of water and just drink it. You could easily have a meal and just have it. And no one else would know. It's not something that you would broadcast or post or tell anybody. But you don't. 
you withhold yourself and you deprive yourself. And later on that night, as you're breaking your fast and having a thought, you tell your friends like, man, I missed Zuhur this morning. All right. It's almost like a badge of honor, like a, like a purple heart in the war. Right. I missed Zuhur this morning. And you say this. And part of the beauty in that statement is that, you know, you missed it and you did not violate the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watching you as you knew in your heart that it was no longer time for you to eat. And what changes that time? It's not like an arbitrary decision. It's not something that you and I can decide. It's something that Allah has told us. At the beginning of the Fajr prayer, food and drink is no longer permissible. Even though the rest of the year you can eat and drink as much as you want. But for this month, for this time, you have to show that with Allah, you can be sincere. And then on the other side of the equation, you're waiting for iftar, and you're super hungry, you're super thirsty. It actually happened to me yesterday, subhanAllah. I was setting out food for iftar. Be very careful setting out food. I was setting out food for iftar and just something autonomous, like inside of me. It didn't process my, my thought, you know, flow. And I was setting things out and I said, I wonder how this tastes. And it was still a few minutes left for iftar, maybe three or four minutes. I looked out at the sun and I saw that it was going down and the signs for maghrib were coming in. Easily could have had a nice loophole for myself and told myself, you know what, let me eat and enjoy this. But what held me back? Not something, not some sort of particular piety. This is something that every Muslim in this month experiences. The ability to hold oneself back for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then beyond that, the food and drink, because Imam al-Ghazali, he says, you know, not doing the haram things in Ramadan is easier because it's haram. But there are other aspects of our character that we change completely. We become more focused on doing the right thing. We try to stop ourselves from engaging in, in gossip. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ said. That there could be a person, That while they're fasting, they're hungry. They're not eating, they're not drinking, but they're talking about people nonstop. And they're engaging in backbiting. Or they're looking at things that they know are in, in, inappropriate. Or they're listening to stuff that's just pure garbage. There's no benefit whatsoever to what they're listening to. And for this person, the fast, while it's being done physically is not being engaged with them spiritually. And so this is a chance for people as they're driving, when normally they're listening to their playlist or whatever they have, they decide, you know what, I'm going to listen to Quran. Or I'm going to listen to this lecture or this podcast or whatnot. And that choice, again, is being made, and this is the special moment, in an empty car with nobody else there, right? Or if a person is watching something on TV and they want to, you know, keep watching, but they know that it's time for tarawih prayer, they decide internally, I'm going to get up and go to the masjid and pray. It's not about turning off the TV that's important. It's about being the only person in the room when you make that decision. These are the moments that Ramadan avails us with. These are the chances. And brothers and sisters, if you're like me, you get very excited at this month because you know that the rest of the year, it's not that easy. It's just simply not that available. The opportunity for sincerity with Allah is something that is not always on a silver platter right in front of your face. But for the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a training ground. And he tells us that if you follow this month, and if you do it right, then here is what it feels like to be close to me. This is what it feels like. Many of us wonder, what must it have been like to be a Sahabi with the Prophet well, if you describe their day-to-day, -day, it sounds very similar to our day-to-day -day in Ramadan, right? They engaged in fasting, 
they were generous with their charity and they prayed at the masjid and they thought about how to better themselves every single day. This month is an opportunity to engage in historically what must have been an incredible lifestyle. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us 30 days because it gives us enough time to harvest from these deeds. So it just doesn't become a vacation from the mundane. It doesn't become a time away. It doesn't become 11 months of who I am and one month of who I can be. No, it becomes 11 months of who I struggle with, one month showing me what I'm capable of, and then resetting the next 11 months with a little bit more of who I know I can become. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to have a successful Ramadan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us sincerity this month and to allow us to taste sincerity. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to benefit from all of our prayers and fasting. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wa al-mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een There are four or five things that fasting during the day teaches us about what it means to be a sincere person because as the Prophet sallallahu taught us that there are signs of hypocrisy ayat al-munafiqi thalath or he said that there are three or four signs of hypocrites so as we learn that there are also signs of people who are sincere, right? And some of the signs of sincerity, they become manifest in a person's character in the month of Ramadan because of all of the hard work that we're doing, okay? So one of the things, the first thing that you think about in the month of Ramadan that changes in your character completely and is a fruit of your sincerity is a characteristic that is known as husnavan. You start to have benefit of the doubt, good suspicions for people that you see. During the month of Ramadan, if you walked into the masjid today and you saw somebody eating, okay, you see somebody over there just enjoying a delicious, I don't want to describe it, but a delicious meal with a cold drink, what would your first thought be? You would walk in and because you knew it was Ramadan, you looked at them and they looked like an adult Muslim person, you would instantly think about the most acceptable scenario that they have in their life. And this is something that is completely different than normal, right? What we battle with with our nafs is outside the month of Ramadan, we see something like that, something that's questionable. It goes against the grain of what should be happening. We instantly think of the multiple unacceptable scenarios. But Ramadan trains us and it fixes our heart, right? By all the ibadah that we're doing. So you walk in and you say to yourself, this person must not be fasting for some medical concession." Or maybe this person is traveling. Or maybe this person is... And you start to develop a, not just one, not just two, but a list of reasons as to why this person is not fasting. And you think to yourself, subhanAllah, what is it about this month that allows me to be the optimistic, positive, spiritually welcoming person that I wish I could be the rest of the year? Well, it's the fruit of all the worship that we're doing. When you fast and you pray and you read Quran... Those things clean your heart. They cleanse the heart. And the clean heart automatically assumes the good of people, just like the Prophet ﷺ did. The Prophet ﷺ, he met people who engaged in stealing. And when they, were, when they were complained about, when people complained, Ya Rasulullah, there's a man who prays in the day and he steals at night. 
We see him at the masjid in the day, and then after Isha prayer, he goes and he commits robbery. He steals. Or he does this, or he does that. The Prophet ﷺ said, does he pray? Is he still praying? They said, yes. They said, let him be for a while, he said, because one of them will leave. This is a characteristic of Husn al-Dhan that is almost foreign to us. It's alien. You have a person who was caught drinking publicly, a companion, and he was receiving a punishment in the, so, in the society of the time. And out of frustration and anger, one of the companions yells, may, Allah be ups, you know, may Allah's anger be upon you to the person who's being uh, uh, you know, given lashes for, for drinking publicly. And the Prophet ﷺ, he looks at the companion that cursed the one who's being punished for drinking, and he says, take that back right now because he loves Allah and his messenger. This is a form of husn al-dhan that is almost borderline miraculous. The ability to walk into a situation that is nothing but lemons and all you see is the lemonade. Whereas normally, our nafs sees lemonade and all we see is the bitterness of the lemons. So this month gives us a chance, number one, to have husn al-dhan with people. When you see somebody engaging in something this month, I mean, you might be showing up for Isha prayer, and as you're walking into the masjid, what do you see? Somebody walking out. And it's interesting, because other times of the year, you're like, what a hypocrite, what a munafiq. I never thought I would meet one in real life, subhanAllah. <laughs> but during this month, you think to yourself, oh, subhanAllah, maybe they have a night shift, or maybe their kids are calling, or maybe someone's sick. Your mind just changes. Your heart is purified in a way that is so unique that you start to think best of people. That's number one. You start to have hosna dhan. Number two is that in a world where you try to perform every deed for the pleasure of people, Ramadan trains you to enjoy doing things in private. More so than any other month. This month, there is such a focus on, I want to donate this, but don't tell anybody, please. Please, I want to sponsor this iftar, but keep it, what? Anonymous. Or people sending meals to each other to break fast. But they don't want to publicize it. And this is, again, a stark departure from what is normal the rest of the year. Why is this the case? Because of this month. And the third thing that I'll share before we conclude is that normally the other 11 months of the year, we have our set goals and our regimen, whether it's financial, professional, physical. And somehow during this month, subhanAllah, all of that stuff takes a backseat. Every single bit. I, I've never... I've never, and this is one of the miracles of Ramadan, I've never seen a person that did not want to give charity because they were saving up for a house in the month of Ramadan. I've never seen that. I've never seen a person that didn't want to fast because they had to keep working out. They wanted to gain muscle. Even someone who was like professionally in the sport, that's it. Look at Hakim Olajuwon. Look at Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Look at these Muslim athletes that engaged. Look at Hussein Abdullah and Hamza Abdullah. What did they do? They literally, they literally changed their entire life so that Ramadan was the focus. And I don't mean to highlight the extreme examples. Every one of us is doing this now. Every one of us. Nobody wants to wake up at 5.30 and have breakfast. People here probably miss their coffee dearly. Nobody wants to, uh, uh, you know, stay up late and change their kids' bedtime schedules, have a five-year-old going to sleep at 11 p.m., still waking up at 7, it's chaos. But it's not chaos. 
Because when you do something for the sake of Allah and you put Allah in focus, everything else kind of figures itself out. So Ramadan teaches us the element of trust and tawakkul. That you think you need to be in complete control of everything in the dunya. You think you need to manage every single thing. And sometimes because of that, you let your prayers slip. You let your charity go. You let who you are, your character is diminished. But subhanAllah, you'll see that in those scenarios, you're going to lose both your deen and your dunya. But if you focus on what matters with Allah, and you focus on giving to Allah everything you got, and not worrying about all the dunyawi things, then you realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you for the things you've done right for Him, and He'll also get your back for the things that you gave up for Him. And that is something you can only learn during this month. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the benefit of this month. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us all the reward of this month. We ask Allah ta'ala to give us the reward of fasting, not just hunger. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the reward of prayer, not just tiredness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if anyone is ill, that he gives them shifa. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if anyone has passed away, that he gives them immense rahmah and mercy, and he gives them companionship with the Prophet sallallahu in Jannah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all of our fasting and our prayer and our sadaqat. إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون أقيموا الصلاة